And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you as a courtesy from our Patreon supporters. They support the show so you don't have to listen to commercials other than maybe some of that amazing um, that amazing travel agent. What was his name? Uh, Justin, over and away with me travel. Of course, of course we need to talk about him a little bit. But other than that, you're not getting any commercials, guys. And that's because of those guys. Now listen, I might be a little biased here, but when I say that they support the show, they also get free content and a lot of shenanigans happens over on the Patreon side. And when I say eh, we have some fun, Guys, I mean, we have a lot of fun, so maybe consider joining them. If not, let's give them at least a round of applause and say thank you for a commercial-free, amazing show. Round one was over. (laughs) Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen! Start your engine! To infinity and beyond! There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and this week I am joined by one guy that's completely out of this world and one guy that's on another country of or another continent of Batu. Uh, Dave, how are you floating in space, my good sir? Uh, I'm great. I am having a ball. I'm doing wonderful. Um, actually, I will turn off my virtual background for just a second purely so I can show you the world that I am in at the moment because if I go like this and then I go like this you can see I have boxes and boxes of Girl Scout cookies in this room I've got like I'm in the thick of Girl Scout cookies and it's absolute bedlam at the moment Well, you know, one thing that's great about the show is we do like to plug. So let's plug your Girl Scout cookies. Uh, oh. I have uh, I have absolutely uh, about to order mine, and so I'm excited. So why don't you plug real quick, and let's really blow up her Girl Scout cookies. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I know that uh, there are probably others that are also doing this, so um, I don't want to detract from what anybody else is doing. Um, but yes, my five-year-old is uh, doing her first year of Girl Scout cookies, and um, she is um, creating cute videos and um, and trying to get sales going um, all over the place. I'm trying to find her URL while I'm talking. Here it is. Uh, I'll tell you what. You got it? I've got it. It is tinyurl.com slash cookies by Charlotte. Yeah. I cookies love it. You know what? We'll put that link in this uh, episode. So click right. it. Let's blow up Charlotte's. Uh, uh, look, actually, everyone. Actually, I am trying to achieve. There's like some weird. They have like all different kinds of challenges for them and things like that. One of the ones I thought was really cool is you've got to try to sell a box of cookies in all fifty states. Oh, we can do this. Uh, and I'm like, all right, come on. It can, we can do this podcast help out? Like, it needs to get shipped no, to no, no. like all fifty states. But that it, is now my goal. <laughs> 
it's not my goal. I'm I'm gonna get this done. So done. we will awesome. get all fifty all fifty states done. We'll get a box of cookies. A box of cookies done. Um, Mike, I don't think you're selling Girl Scout cookies, but your house looks the same with boxes all around it. Yeah, we're um, I'm officially officially homeless. Uh, we had a closing date yesterday. We sold our house, and I'm home alone. And this is the first time ever that I've ever recorded not in my garage, uh, which is absolutely amazing. So um, <laughs> I, I'm completely excited. I'm warm. I'm usually freezing this time of year. But uh, but I'm good. I'm good. Um, about the cookies, they still give you prizes. Like if you get a certain amount of boxes and all of that, they do. They um, there's like a theme each year apparently. And you ready for this? The kicker is this year's theme is a koala. No way! One hundred percent. I was like, what is this? That's hilarious. So yeah, they don't have that, the sea. Mon- they don't. They don't have the sea monkeys anymore, do they? I hope not. That sounds terrible. What is that? What is a sea monkey? Is that they the thing you put the, in the aren't bath? Aren't they little shrimp? That, yeah, yeah. yeah. They used to come in a little package. You order them to the back of the comic books. You used to give them like a... We used to have book fairs at work at, uh, at school. They would have right. these sea monkey things they would give away. And it was a total scam. It was just like... I don't know. I think it was like parasites or worms or something. They were terrible. <laughs> they used to call them sea monkeys. And everybody would get excited because you're going to have a sea monkey for a pet. Look up sea monkeys. You never seen sea yeah, monkeys? Before? No, I think they, I think they, I think I've read somewhere that they were like a type of shrimp or something that they were like. Yeah, that you then monkey. had to raise. I wasn't but, sure if you were. I'm, I'm glad you're striving for a koala and not sea monkeys. I'm very yeah, happy to hear that. So I, yeah, you know, going I'm for good. koalas. Okay. Man, we've hit a little bit of everything in this. Hey, real, really quickly. I was gonna say, how are you? I'm I'm good. I, I'm really good. Uh, really busy. We started soccer back, which you know I coach a. Uh, I like to say a minor league girls team. By minor league, I mean under ten. Um, so we're we're doing our thing. But we started back yesterday, and it's cold, man. It's just it's it's cold. It's this is not what we signed up for, for it to be this temperature this time of year here in Charleston. And I know Orlando's kind of seen the same. Yeah, it's been just in the mornings, like in the thirties. Yep. Like absolutely miserable. So, um, but other than that, everything's everything's going really well. We're starting to kind of plan out our. Like April trip and and stuff like that. Like we're gonna go down for spring break and kind of planning some other trips. We've got a DDP trip coming up, and work's yeah. been extremely busy. You know, we're hiring it away with me travel right now, so we just had our meeting with that. But other than that, I look. I was supposed to be in the Disney parks. I'm I'm gonna go on to my soapbox for a minute. I don't go Ooh. on soapbox very often, but I'm gonna do it tonight. I am the most positive person out there, and. I was supposed to be in the Disney parks this past week or a week before this and for the Figma bucket. That's when I would have been there. And this past week, there is a shirt that goes out that has a map of the Magic Kingdom that's like a uh, like a spirit jersey type of thing. And it goes out. And all I see online are resellers buying up 30, 40, of these shirts per person. And I started to think, why can why are they able to do this? What what is the point? Like why are they able to purchase? And then I come to learn that yes, Disney has a two per person maximum, but it is for two per size per person. So if you have a family of four, each person can buy a small, a medium, a large, an extra large, an extra extra large, two of each. That's 10 shirts per person. So now for, per family of four, and an infant counts as someone, that's 40 shirts they can purchase. 
And now these shirts that everyone would like to have that retailed for $49.99 are on sale for $200 on resale. So let me, let me go ahead and throw this out there. If you're a reseller and you're listening to this, turn it off. We don't want your kind. You're the worst. All right? You're the worst. <laughs> yeah. Dis- Disney love needs to be spread around to everyone. So if you're the people walking around the parks with bags of figment popcorn buckets or with bags of shirts or ornaments or anything special, turn it off. Leave the Disney communities. You don't deserve to be a part of us. <laughs> you, you're quite passionate about this, aren't you? Furious. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know how many kids would love to have those shirts? Yeah. That maybe they've planned their, their entire trip around the release of something like this, or maybe they were just lucked out and they knew it was coming out. And then they get there, and these people have bought. Look, if it's a family, you bring ten people, they can buy four. That's forty. Yeah. That's no. That, that's twenty. That's twenty per size. Yeah. That's a hundred shirts. Yeah. So here's my thing: do better, be a better human. All right, you don't need it. That's not. That's not the way to make money. So here is. So here is my way of looking at that. I then get upset with anybody who buys it online from them. I do too. I the, do too. I'm the same way. And if you're buying only, it online, you are you are perpetuating the problem. Correct. You are part of the problem. And there are some people who are like, we've seen it with the figment popcorn buckets and things like that. If you're acquiring something that is limited through that avenue, you're only promoting those people to do this and continue doing this. And it, it's part of the problem. You're perpetuating the issue. Until these people buy 200 shirts and nobody wants them, and they're Oh, nothing out, would make me happier than if they miss their rent in their, their... I would be so happy. Right. That is the only way to to fix this problem, is for people to stop buying them through these avenues. And until they do, we're going to see people who have turned it into a, almost a business for themselves to go in, buy up everything, and then resell it at a at a gigantic markup. It's disgusting. Here's how much. Here's how much of a I've lost my mind over this moment I had. <laughs> I went on YouTube and searched these people, and I started to type a like email to one of the you not YouTube uh, eBay to one of the eBay sellers, tell them how much they suck as a human. Wow. So, like, and then I thought, I'm really like losing it over this. Yeah, I probably need yeah. to dial it back a bit. Right. So now's not a good now's not a good time to tell you I have shirts to sell. <laughs> not not like like not good. <laughs> Mike, I mean, we were doing the cookies. Is this not the worst? It was a good time. I got some jerseys, seventy nine dollars. It's only twenty. I'm saving your trip to the park. I mean, you know, they're nice jerseys. What's your take on this? This dude, this seems like a no. Let me look. No, look, I, actually, I don't even say this because you're a South Carolinian now. This seems like a New York thing to do, right? Yeah. I listen. I can understand. Like, all right. So I. I, I I don't know. I never want to count somebody else's money, right? Because you never know what kind of hard times they are, what they got to go through sure. to pay the bills. I get it. You know what I mean? So I don't. I don't want to completely blast everybody. Uh, I, I get it that it's that it it takes away from other people, which is terrible. 
Um, I could see if maybe you bought a, a toy back in like the 70s or 80s and all of a sudden you went through the attic and you found it and now you wanted to resell it. I get it. I could see making that, money on uh, things like that. All okay but, with that. Right. But And I, I get the like – I don't want to, you know, we saw it when Splash Mountain was going for the retheming, right? And they would release, like, the, the Splash Mountain Funko Pops. And the line would be all the way back to Tomorrowland from Splash Mountain. And a lot of people and kids really, really wanted it, didn't get it because you had the resellers. And for the resellers that don't really have their heart into it, I kind of, I kind of see how that happens. The only thing that I could say is, hey, listen... If it was something that I really, when it comes to the buying part of it, I'm going to say where it comes out of for me. If I really wanted that Funko Pop, let's just say use that as an example, right? That's something that I really, really wanted. If I were to go to Disney, it would cost me airfare, park tickets, this, that. So for me to buy a $100 Funko Pop that sold for $19 in the park, I'm still making out. Okay. All right. No, but I, I, on, I, the, I, on the I flip side that. of that, on the flip side of that, there were. Popcorn buckets that were what twenty bucks or something like that. They're they're, tw- they're twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four ninety nine mm-hmm. that was selling for two hundred plus dollars. You could nearly get a cheap flight on a Spirit airline. I mean, you got to take your life in your own hands. But um, <laughs> but uh, get into the park on your annual pass and and get back out for less than the and buy it for less than that price. Like that's an insane markup when you're when you're able to do it for cheaper on your own than what somebody is marking it up in an online sale for. That's insane. Listen, I'm not going to go overboard, okay? I, I'm going to stay very level-headed about this. If you're a reseller and you're doing this stuff, don't ever be invited to any Disney community ever again. <laughs> Get out of ours. Is that level-headed enough? That's, that, that's is that good? very tolerant of you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we we always say we're like the most positive Disney place around. I've had it with these people, dude. I've had it. The wow. image is coming out of Epcot, and the image is coming out of Magic Kingdom. One woman put. I saw this. Um, I saw this post from this woman, and she goes, "All I wanted was a pair of Crocs." This is how nice this woman was. And when I walked to get the pair of Crocs, this guy had completely emptied the shelves of every pair. And he said, oh, would you like this pair? And she goes, oh, that's so nice of you. And I'm like, stop normalizing this behavior. Enough. You know what I mean? Like, stop it. Yep. This is insanity. Are you kidding me? It's Disney merchandise. Like, it's meant. And here's the thing, dude. Disney, create more. Like, you can solve the problem by creating a ton of it. It's fine. So, anyway, that's my soapbox. I only have, like, one of these a year. So I'm really happy that it's happened early this year. Yeah, we've got um, it out of the way. <laughs> it's out of the way. It's it's done. But if you once again, look, not to be mean, if you're a Disney reseller, go away. Just go away. We don't need you. Go away. You're the worst. Um <laughs> anyway. Uh, I love that I love that between clickbait websites that i hate and disney resellers that you hate we've got like we've got some of these like edges of the disney community that we're just like we're not interested in you we don't i just don't don't care just don't be a part of what we're doing because you're you're the most negative people ever i don't want you we want positivity fun family we want people to be included and when you take every piece of merchandise off the shelves you're not including anyone but you're your and, n- just egotistical, awful self. I hate. I cannot stand you. 
and DDD and DDP family. Stop buying it through those websites. Stop going on eBay to find that special item. It will exist. Yes. There are other versions of types of merchandise that will continue to come out forever. If there's one thing well, Disney is let good the at. Experience, let the experience of you being in the park when it's released correct, and getting it being there. be better than the, better than the thing or, you buy. Or having, or having a, a friend get it for you. I get all of that as well. I'm okay with that. But yeah, like... Dude... I just I was furious this week having that moment of your little one walking into that merchandise store and saying this is mine and buying it right there in that moment and holding it is way better than being look what I got you on eBay and it cost me a lot of money just saying (laughs) well it's it's one of those things too man where like I think our DDP family oh, yeah, like, we we've created a, a, a bond to where they, they, they understand where we're coming from. They understand that, yes, we love everyone except for resellers. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to tonight's topic. We have a really fun one. Um, I'm surprised it's taking us 200 and some odd episodes to get here, but we're talking a mountain. We're talking one of the most important mountains. We're talking Space Mountain. Uh, inside the Magic Kingdom, and we're going to get into a little bit of the history, our experience, and then maybe talk a little bit, if we were going to overlay it or change it a little bit, what would we do? Um, guys, I want to get into first experiences. Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Do you remember your first experience with Space Mountain? I do, uh, I, but I first did it when I was a kid with my parents, and I remember them telling me about how you know it's one of these crazy roller coasters in the dark, and it, it's really cool. My, it's funny, my mom's not really a roller coaster person. She can do roller coasters if it doesn't go upside down and if it doesn't go backwards. So Space Mountain was one of the perfect thrill coasters for her, um, you know, even though it jars you around, because she motion-wise, she was good with that. So as a child, that was a ride that me and my mom would go on all the time because she could do the just going forward fast and the drops she couldn't do the going backwards or a loop so that was one of the rides that i first did as a kid it's probably one of my very very first roller coasters that i've ever been on yeah i mean it's it's a great way it's the oldest roller coaster operating roller coaster in the state of florida which is kind of something that most people don't realize um also it was sponsored for a long time like you know we see it now it's not it kind of sits off on its own but it was sponsored by rca which uh you know, a lot of people don't don't realize RCA anymore, but uh, also FedEx sponsored it from 1994 to 2004. Um, Dave, do you remember your first experience with Space Mountain? I do. Um, I mean, Space Mountain is one of those iconic things that even if you grow up on the other side of the world from Disney theme parks, it, it captures the imagination. Um, and it's, it's an incredible experience. Uh, I... My first Disney theme park was uh, Hong Kong Disneyland, um, and then also uh, then rode rode it when I came to Walt Disney World for training uh, for Disney Cruise Line. So I yeah have vivid memories of it. So it's really only fifteen years ago for me. Well, well let's talk about about Hong because we're really going to dive into the one here here in Florida. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Hong Kong one because. A lot of people will never experience that. Do you remember anything about that? I know it's been 15 years. I was going to say, I, really remember riding, I remember riding it. Um, yeah. I mean, um, and I'm going to put you on the spot again in this episode, and you're going to be like, oh my goodness, what's he doing to me? So. Right, right. So, um, but I mean, and here's the other thing is that when I wrote it in Hong Kong, I didn't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that was just like, it wasn't me going, oh, this one's better or I like it because it does this compared to the others. I didn't have any of that basis. I was just like, well, this is a really cool roller coaster. Um, one of the things I do like about uh, some of the international versions is that they've embraced further technologies as it's progressed. I mean, one of the things that Space Mountain uh, has always been able to attribute to itself is that it was always at the cutting edge of technology. Like, um, I mean, I'm sure we're going to go into it in just a moment, but ours in Walt Disney World in 1975, I mean, that was, everybody thought we were insane. Everybody mm-hmm. thought the Disney company had lost their mind. They were like, you're going to do a roller coaster in the dark? And now we're like, yeah, we're doing a roller coaster in the dark, and now we're going to make it flip, and we're going to make it because I've also been on the one in Disneyland Paris, and which is more closer to um, rock and roller coaster. Yeah, in, in, in its design and in what it does, um, it's got like this giant uphill launch element as well included into it because and here's the thing is that disneyland paris and hong kong were coming in late 90s early 2000s so the technology had progressed where we were we were doing um we were doing rock and roller coaster in 1994 so we were taking these things that we were learning and doing in other theme parks and saying all right we're going to take this classic that everybody knows and loves but we're going to bring it into the current technological age and we're going to let Space Mountain in these other theme parks do some really crazy stuff. Well, it's one of those things, too, where, look, I mean, when people look at at the Magic Kingdom, they don't think a lot about Walt. They think, you know, more of Roy. And, you know, when you look at Disneyland, you think of Walt. But Space Mountain does not occur without Walt Disney's idea. Uh, you know, Walt Disney had the idea of the mountain, and we talk about Matterhorn being the first Disney mountain. But in 1967, he, he comes out and he says, listen, we need to retheme Tomorrowland and let's come up with an indoor attraction that will be a roller coaster in the dark. I mean, this was Walt's idea. This was Walt's baby that never came to fruition uh, in Disneyland at the time during his life. But we don't see Space Mountain today without Walt's idea of Space Mountain, um, originally called Space Voyage. And so I think we have to go all the way back to Walt's vision of Tomorrowland to look at the importance of Space Mountain plays. And whenever you look, Mike, at the, uh, the horizon of Tomorrowland and you see those peaks of Space Mountain, I think just the outside and the view alone leads you into it is the weenie of that land leads you into tomorrowland i love that word i know you started talking about the the visage of the of the of the outline of it and i was like he's he about to say coming, the word weenie he's saying the word weenie here it is it's there, there leads it is. you into that land it's it's it really is the perfect weenie uh for tomorrowland yeah, and it's funny because for anyone who's ever taken the bus or the you know, the Disney transportation uh, at the bus service, you know, as you start pulling into Magic Kingdom, one of the first things you see is Space Mountain. You know, you don't get to see the castle like everybody wants to see. the The first image you get as you're coming up that that boulevard over there with with the contemporary in your right hand side is everybody gets to see Space Mountain first. The way the buses come in. And we all know that the bus transportation is one of the most popular ones. And um, it plays a huge part landscape-wise because it's such an iconic spot in Magic Kingdom. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things too, Dave, where like 
I think it fills a huge need for the Magic Kingdom. With the with Disneyland and the Matterhorn, you have something for teens, adults, you know, uh, oh. something exciting, something fast, something. I mean, you know, fun. It, it, just based on height restriction alone, mm-hmm. Space Mountain in Walt Disney World is is that benchmark to achieve. Like I've I've seen friends that post. A status of boom, forty-four inches. We're going to Disney World. Like this is something you wait for. This is something you hang out for. This is one of those moments to achieve uh, when you get to a particular height, and it's got the highest height restriction in the Magic Kingdom, aside from being able to drive Tomorrowland Speedway on your own. Um, yeah. So yeah, like and. Yeah, um, we've discussed our feelings on that. So, um, no one needs to do it. No one needs to. It's fine. <laughs> like, you, you just skip it. You can go just stick your nose in the exhaust pipe of the of your dad's car. You know, don't do that. By the way, let me let me say that flat out. Please don't do that. <laughs> do you remember when he? Never mind. Um, but I'm on yeah, a roll tonight. I'm you're sorry. Doing great. Here we go. But yeah, like I mean, you get those. Um, 32 inch attractions and then you get your 38 inches for seven dwarves mine train and a few moments later you get to 40 inches takes you to splash and thunder but 44 is a big jump and as three dads sitting here we know what that what it's almost like a grind to get it's like two years three years (laughs) right it's not like that 38 to 40 happens like it can happen in six months in the middle of a growth spurt Whereas, yeah, that, that you're talking four inches is a big mountain to climb, if you pardon the pun. Well, let me. Ooh, 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 ooh. I like it. Well, let me uh, let me take you up a mountain. Let me take you up to Matterhorn, Mike, because originally scheduled for this land was the Matterhorn. They wanted to redo the Matterhorn bobsleds and put it exactly in its place. You know, whenever they built. The Magic Kingdom, Walt had just passed. They have bought the land. It was all planned, but now they really don't know what to do, and they say, let's just pretty much copy land, copy Disneyland. And so they say, hey, we need something as the weenie of this side of the park. Let's put the Matterhorn there. Would you, now that we look at it, you can see the Matterhorn in Disneyland, you can see Space Mountain here, would you prefer Space Mountain or the Matterhorn? Do you think the Matterhorn would work in that space? No, I think Space Mountain is where it belongs. I think that's the appropriate spot. I don't think the Matterhorn would be as fluid in that spot, so to speak. I think right. the I think Space Mountain is where it belongs. You know, we we we've talked about so many things that have copied from, you know, Disneyland to Disney World, and I think this is one of the original ones. I think they got it right with it being an original one from, you know, Magic Kingdom, and then being made over in Disneyland. But I I definitely think that Space Mountain belongs there over the Matterhorn. Yeah, it, it's one of those things, too, where if you put the Matterhorn there, is it really Tomorrowland? Like, what what's tomorrow about the Matterhorn? The fact that I'm... A, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, Dave, whenever we look at Space Mountain, you kind of talked about it. It is one of those things that families see as... If you're a Disney family, it, it's a milestone. It's an achievement yeah. for each and every family as we get through. Um, it's the last achievement you reach before you go to rock and roller coaster. Yeah, that's yeah. Like 44 inches is that moment of saying, I'm, I'm 
I'm joining the big leagues. I'm, I'm this, and not only that, also the way the, uh, the ride function of Walt Disney World's, uh, Space Mountain, where you're riding on your own. Like, you don't have somebody sitting next to you to hold their hand. You're in a bucket seat on your own. The closest thing is mom or dad sitting behind you with their hand on your shoulder saying, I'm here. Like, that's a, that's a big moment. Like, I've been walking in there with, with kids who have freaked out and been like, oh, if I'm not sitting with somebody, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a big achievement. Definitely a milestone. Let's talk a little bit about because they had to really modify this to fit it where they needed it to be because it actually does not sit inside the Magic Kingdom. It doesn't sit inside the walls. It sits outside the berm it of is. the Magic Kingdom. It's one of my favorite facts about uh, Space Mountain is that it is the only attraction located where the entirety of the ride is outside of the Magic Kingdom. We have a number of attractions that start inside and go outside or even uh Splash Mountain, which starts outside, comes back inside, and then finishes back outside. So we've got a number that cross the berm and uh, tiptoe back and forth across that. Uh, Pirates goes underneath and outside. Um, People Mover obviously goes through uh, and outside. Um, But Space Mountain, as you walk into it, you and let's be honest, that's a journey getting into. Oh my goodness, is it ever a journey? <laughs> you get we'll get into step the queue. Out. Yeah, oh. but as you're doing, well, let's talk queue while we're while we're going through it. Like you go in and you start winding down, and you actually there's a a sloped floor, and you go down. You hit a it levels out for a very short moment in time, and then it starts ascending back up the mm-hmm. other side almost immediately. At that moment where it levels out, you are directly underneath the railway line. If you stand there long enough, you can actually hear it go over your head when it's running. So, See, that's incredible. Now, I think you're on the same level as the corridors, if I if I can if I if I'm doing my math right, sure. Um, most of the Magic Kingdom. I I I don't know the elevation of those, but sure, close. it's got to be somewhere yeah. in that vicinity because yeah, you like and you had to go down far enough to not affect the integrity of the structural elements of the of the um of the train, um and then of course on the flip side coming back out, um you go down. It levels out and you walk through a reinforced doorway area and then you come back up that zigzag switchback yeah. uh, ascending uh, back up. So yeah, like it's you get the this opportunity to walk underneath the berm and be officially outside of the Magic Kingdom in its entirety for an entire ride. How, how fortunate is it, Dave, that we don't have to go through security again leaving the park <laughs> yes, and coming yes. back in? Well, that's actually one of my cool things that I like is that um, – do you remember when there was the moving walkway at the exit there? Yes, loved okay. it, yes. As you went through that moment of going underneath uh, that where it leveled out for just a split second before it started going back up, um, it would actually – there was a sign above your head that said, welcome back to Tomorrowland or <gasps> – yeah. Because the idea was that you had left Tomorrowland to go to space. And they were saying, welcome back. They got rid of it as part of the refurb, but it was actually one of my favorite things okay. uh, on that exit. If, if you could have any sign from the Ooh. Magic Kingdom to put above your desk, what would it be? 
that's got to be way up on the list. I did. Lo- I love that one. There's a. I've done a. We did an episode. Joe and I did an episode on written words in. Yeah, Disney I love World. that episode. Um, it's a great episode. Uh, and one of the ones I don't think it rated a mention, and I love it. Is and I and I kind of regret that I never got to actually say it in the episode. Um, there's a. There's a sign in Splash Mountain as you go down the the last descent to the load platform in that tunnel um and it looks like it's a cross stitch of words that like grandma has Ooh, knitted and yeah. and it says uh you can't run from trouble ain't no place that far and uh, as somebody who has caused a little bit of trouble in their life it's way up on my list of favorite that's quotes. a really good yeah. one yeah yeah. Don't you wish you could have little stuff like that? Like, oh, if Disney was just like, here, it, we'd like for you to have this. If it goes missing, you know where it is, okay? Like, As I'm like, Mike, I'm like boo resellers. I'm like, Disney, I'll buy your stuff. <laughs> Mike, do you have one? Mike, what about you? Any it's signs? It's funny you said Splash Mountain. One of my favorite ones is the one that says, you might get... Uh, you will get wet. You might get soaked. I just, I just kind of. It's a funny looking one. It's just one of my favorite ones. Uh, the rabbit there. I, I, I like that one a lot. I think that's kind of cool. That that's is my, a good that's my, one. One of my favorite signs. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be me. easy. Mine. Mine is look very simple. I know I can order a replica. It's here. You leave today oh. and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. It's yep. the. It's the iconic sign. If I could have the one that sits above. Uh, right below the train station as you enter right you know i i would love that so um that's for me uh let's talk about the queue a little bit guys um mike do you all right how can i put this for some for me i don't wait in lines very well okay and what i mean by this is if it's longer than like 20 or 30 minutes i'm not waiting so i don't experience this queue a lot Give me your impression of this queue overall. Do you think it there was a refurb that happened that made it to where you could play games, stuff like that? Do you think this would rank in your top ten Disney queues if you had to list it? Uh not for as much the theming and the games, but it ranks so much that <clears throat> and Soren I can kind of relate to two only because if you have <laughs> one of those a marathon. Right. Only if you have one of those really hot days where it's raining or it's bad weather or you just have a miserable kind of climate day or maybe even a cold day like you guys are experiencing now to have an indoor queue that's very climate controlled and pretty much the entire weight like Soren is or Splash Mountain is. Uh, I mean, uh, well, Splash Mountain, most of it's indoors, but um, unless you get stuck in that outside area before you can actually get into the ride. But uh, between Space Mountain and between Soren, those are two of my favorite cues that if it's a bad weather element day, I don't mind waiting so much on those lines. How long do you think, Dave, it'll take Mike to accom- like uh, uh, acclimate to, to me and you weather? I give him, I give him like... A couple of years from now, he's still going to be like, "Yeah, but at least I'm not in New York." Like, but th- four four but years. The heat so? wise, oh, you know what I mean. Like wise. you, you and I do heat pretty well. Oh, I do heat great. I tell people yeah. I complain about the cold because you will not hear me complain about the heat. I reserve the right to complain about the cold because I don't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, that's why I agree too. I would rather be 110 yep. than 55 every day. Yep. Easy. Every day of the week. Yep. But also, I look really good glistening. 
I do not look good covered in multiple layers of clothes. <laughs> I mean, that's an so, opinion, but all right. So anyway, uh, Dave, the the queue itself. Um, what do you think about the the refurb? I mean, look, we can, we can talk a little bit about it. It's I mean, it's maybe this cool fun is little wobbly. Longest, is it the longest queue in Disney? It's got to be up there. It has to be up there. Now let's take away switchbacks. I'm talking, you know, the typical walk on a semi-busy day from entrance to exit because here's the difference like you look at like splash mountain if you have all the switchbacks working it's going to be a lot of walking but on a normal day you can't get away there's no switchbacks on i mean there's a couple at the very end but there's no switchbacks on space mountain it is one long shot all the way to the end yeah it's got to be way up there on the list I mean, I like those cool little wobbly windows as you're walking by that make you that make you feel like the and the layout of like the crazy solar systems that you're like tra- potentially going to travel to and how there's like Hyperion something is hidden in the middle of it and there's all these yeah. like Di- yeah Disney words so they've done some fun things with it um, the video game element that used to be there I it's my understanding it got taken away because it was counterproductive. Uh, people would actually stand for prolonged periods of time and play the game because they and then like the, it would back up back up and then they would move a whole lot like and so yeah um but i i enjoy it i i walk through it on a regular basis and there's also now um some elements of the disney parks play app that have been incorporated into yes, it with yep various codes and you've got to put them in in the right order to reveal eat your Ovaltine or something like that on the I yeah. think that's right yeah anyway no you're 100 right no that's exactly what it is I'm glad Mike um, got that reference mm-hmm. Back yeah. time. so <laughs> so there's once you get through the queue you either go into the left or the right the alpha or the Omega um, Omega is 3196 feet as alpha is 3186 feet so 10 feet shorter of a of a ride you're getting on omega it's negligible um, it's well i'd like to get the most out of my attractions <laughs> so it is what it is um the ride experience itself you know what i before we get into actually going through it i thought that would be a really fun experience we would have since we have a disney Disney expert, a VIP tour guide ooh, ooh, on our ooh, show. Let's not say expert, but sure. Okay. And I <laughs> thought we would play a game. Oh, goodness. A Space Mountain game. Oh, goodness. And what I would like to the do... The last time right I now, played a game with you guys, it didn't end well for me, okay? For those what who I would are like not to do Patreon right now, members, you should be. Yeah, for if you're not a Patreon member and you missed the last episode, which is, are you smarter than a 39-year-old Australian? Man, did you miss out. We're going to play another game. <laughs> All right. It's a game that I have been privy to uh, because I've ridden Space Mountain with Dave. Oh. We are going on a ride with Dave right now on on Space Mountain. Okay. okay. So what we're going to do is we are going to go up the lift, and then Dave is going to take you on every turn. Oh, God. Dip. Way to put me on the <laughs> okay. spot. Turn and dip through space mountain are you ready no hold on i'm taking off my sweater like it just got hot i hate being put on the spot like this um, All right, here we go so this way if you're listening to this show and you're in the magic kingdom you can start this 
Now, it depends on which one you're on. Dave, which one um, would you like to go on? We're going to go Omega. We're going to turn right at what we call Merge Point, which is where you've got to the end of it, and because uh, that's the one I ride more often. Okay, we'll go it's Omega. It's usually Perfect. the Lightning Lane version. So we're going to start this. If you're listening to this show right now, you can start it right at the top of the lift, and off you go. Excellent. So we're going to go up the top of the lift. You get a 20-second launch uh, timer, and you can even count it. It's exactly 20 seconds to the top. Uh, and then as we dip over and we feel that slingshot effect, um, and immediately we turn right. And then uh, as we're... Uh, headed, uh, it's kind of a larger turn, and you go down a little bit, and then you immediately bank back to your left, uh, and then you start zooming almost back in underneath everything of where you've just come. You go all the way to the far side of it, so you're now ultimately, if based on if you were going up the hill at the beginning, you're all the way out on the left, and you start zooming around, and you go through this moment where you look, if you're looking up just a little bit, you go... I could touch that. And it's actually one of the only places where, and I'm a pretty average height kind of guy, you can actually reach up and your fingertips <laughs> might touch something uh, in that vicinity. Um, it's actually the alpha going over the top of you. Um, so, yes, so then uh, so we've done a big banking turn back to our left, gone through that bit where we can touch, and then you go down and then immediately back up, and it's probably one of the most back-breaking lurches that you can experience in that ride, and you get to the top and you hit it just a little and you jostle and the oldest person in the group goes oh all right that's my um, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, then you're going to turn back to your left and you're uh, and as you and you're kind of at the highest point that you are on the uh, aside from the actual launch platform itself at the top of the um, the top of the hill um, and then you'll st we start this gradual descent the majority of this as we from that point on is going down with only a couple of small level outs or backups um, and so then um, after doing that you turn and you go uh, You've turned left off the top of that hill. You then do a big U-turn uh, and come back the other direction, and you start going down a hill, and as you go down that hill, if you pay attention to your right-hand side, you can actually see the lift area that you came up earlier, uh, and you have this moment where, you're where you think to yourself, I could scream out and warn the people next to me, but it's already gone. Uh, as you then go down through there, you turn left and you come back through, uh, and then you go into the two big drops uh, of the Omega track. Um, and the first one happens almost immediately, uh, and then you do a big U-turn, and then that second one is always just a split second longer than you think it is going to be. It's what it, I have done this hundreds of times <laughs> Near, uh, over, over a thousand times i have probably ridden this track and it still gets me like you going down and it's that go, extra 10 feet oh and so you that there it is and so you come down that second of those two big drops um you turn back to your left again and then you go into a hard banking right hand it's more than 360, so it's got it, but it's not quite 720, so it's got to be like a 540, I think it is, loop. Uh, and while you go through there, there's an amazing sound effect where they go, woo, 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 and you think you're turning, something like that. Uh, 
even quicker than you think that you're, you're like you're like how long am I in this turn <laughs> and then as you come out of that um, you it levels out for a second and you do a big hard hairpin turn which brings you into uh, the red tunnel for want of a better terminology the wormhole <laughs> um, and which is the only other place where I know I can touch if I fully extend one hand, and leave the other one down at what am I five foot nine and a half? I can so Justin, you can't. So don't stress. You're about um, half inch shorter than me. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, you can in fact reach the red uh, tunnel, uh, the the wormhole. Well, it's not meant to be a wormhole. It's meant to be re-entry. That's you re-entering yeah. the atmosphere. So you've been through space, and so that red tunnel is meant to make you feel like you're re-entering Earth's atmosphere, and then everything takes a breather as you come out of it, and you slowly glide. Uh, you do one more big hairpin turn back to your right, and as you come back again to your left, you're going to uh, emerge at what we call the unload platform. And you just rode Space Mountain. <laughs> well done, Dave. Wow, way to Good put job. me on the spot. Uh, Way so to go. What other really... podcast is letting you ride Space Mountain in no. real time? <laughs> um, With a is... VIP tour guide. There you go. So that my ability to do that actually came about uh, during a Halloween party. I was taking probably a eight or nine-year-old young man on the ride, and he was very excited. And then just at the last minute, I told him that, oh, because we're in the middle of a Halloween party, we're doing something special with it where all the lights are completely out. And that shook him a little bit, and he wasn't certain he was going to ride. And I said to him, well, what if I sit behind you and tell you every single move that's about to happen a split second before it happens? And he was like, you can do that? And I was like, get on it. Let's go. Um, so, and yes, and I realized, yes, I can give you a blow-by-blow -blow description of exactly what happens uh, on the Omega track. Uh, the Alpha one I haven't done as many times, and when I do get to ride it, I go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that bit. <laughs> yeah, that one goes the other way. It's, it's, Correct. It's like, you know, it's like looking at yourself in a mirror. You're like, hold on, what is, wait, what? And what? the hand, drop right on Alpha track is much more significant. I mentioned the second drop on the Omega track feeling longer. Mm -hmm. It's even longer again on because they because they only have a very small one and then they do almost the the total of the other two combined uh in that drop on the Alpha track. Well, let me ask you a little bit about the theming. So, not a lot of changes in the last 30, 40 years. Nope. Um, with this attraction does it hold up mike to to present day like when you still ride it, i know this isn't one of your favorite attractions but when you ride it is this does, does it hold up to being in tomorrowland and being a journey into space yeah i think because it, it holds its place in tomorrowland i think the theming of it's fine and i think that you know space journey is one of those things that um you know it's not something that we experience on a regular basis so and space hasn't really changed that much you know the outer space the stars and all the solar systems have been kind of the same for all of the you know for a long period of time so i think it holds its holds its weight and i think the technology behind it's good i think the ride itself is good so i i think it holds its place i think it's fine i like it now dave what do you think the fact that our Space Mountain in Walt Disney World is one of two attractions in the Magic Kingdom that has a separate uh, pay-to-play lightning lane attached yeah, to it yeah. 
uh, should be an indication that, yeah, like the, okay. uh, the other one that has that is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is only seven years old. Yeah. I think it's coming up eight years. So Okay, should Splash Mountain have have it above Space Mountain? No. <laughs> you think space is a bigger attraction than Splash, really? I think Splash is bigger. I don't know. That line for Space Mountain gets out of hand. Like, even with, as we've discussed, one of the longest queue lengths, they still have to do switchbacks outside of the attraction into Tomorrowland. I think think because people are afraid to get wet on Splash Mountain. uh, Not only that, most of the queue's hidden back there, and also we've kind of talked a little bit with Lightning Lane there, starting to keep the queues out a little bit. But we'll get into that another time. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the the ride vehicles. So whenever you sit down... I, look, Disneyland, you're side by side. Whereas Disney World, you're you're one in front of the other. I prefer one in front of the other. I think this is one of the greatest things about Space Mountain. Riddle me it this. Is. When was, uh, and I apologize for interrupting you, when yeah. was um, Disneyland's Space Mountain built? Do you have that in front of you? 1977. I, 77. 77. Yeah. Okay, so, and here's what you need to look at when we talk about these things, okay? Because we already had that Matterhorn, okay? Which rides mm. one behind the other. One by one. Yeah. On a on a slim uh, gauge track, okay? It's the same track system. It's the, basically the same track system. So they used what they already knew, and they said, we're going to use this idea, but we're going to do this new, uh, this new theming with it. And then... They had started working on this new technology, which was going to be a wider gauge, which could handle a side-by-side uh, cart um, and ride vehicle. And then Disney World doesn't see it until the mid-80s when Thunder Mounted. So it's... Mm, yeah. So, okay, so with, if you think about it, it's a similar... It's different, but similar-ish in ride vehicle to what we consider the Walt Disney World Thunder Mountain is side-by-side side with that uh, width in the gauge of the track. So we were using what we already knew from Matterhorn to create the original. And then they were like, okay, what else can we do with this? Let's use this new version of a ride vehicle that we've been working on, which then took a number of years to get to uh, Thunder Mountain and things like that. But this was them saying, hey, we're going to use this version of it. Not, not only that, for those of you who have not been to Disneyland, Space Mountain, the ride vehicle, is the Matterhorn ride vehicle. It is the exact same. Yep. I mean, from restraint to seat to car to, I mean, it, it is the exact same ride vehicle across the board. So they didn't change anything. They just said, hey, look, you got to think Roy Disney at this time is just going, just build the damn thing. Well, and this didn't even make opening day. This was no. This was such a large undertaking that it didn't make 1971 opening. This was part of the first big expansion of Walt Disney World that happened, mm-hmm. um, which were what we refer to as the 1975 expansion, which brought us, uh, which is why we call the building really quickly while we're on this. Uh, we call the building uh, in Tomorrowland Walt Disney World is called Starport Seven Five. 
it's written on the wall as you walk in uh, to acknowledge the year of its creation. Uh, the same year on the other side of the park in Adventureland is when we finally got pirates in Walt Disney World. So it was this big expansion where they went, okay, we've got this core. What are we building on the outside edges of this? And so we got pirates and, th- and Space Mountain on opposing sides. Uh, plus some other great uh, additions in 1975 as well. But yeah, like it's 100% um, the the Matterhorn. Well, let's talk too about the contemporary. The contemporary sits right behind it. The, the, uh, the building itself plays an important role, not only in the park, but in the contemporary. Elaborate. Well... Because the contemporary is always meant to be futuristic. Okay. It's like, always meant to be uh, uh, something that is not known in present time. We don't see an A-frame with a monorail running through it in modern day, even 2022. Right. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. It stood the test of time since 1971 as a resort to have these futuristic moments um, I mean, other than the one time there was a monorail that was built in the town that then sped away, and luckily a father and son <laughs> saved the town by lassoing an M and dragging it behind the monorail, we have not seen a monorail uh, stick around for that long. Yeah, so, and even Brockway and North Haverbrook never really stood the test. North of time Haverbrook either. has never recovered. <laughs> yeah, Ogdenville so, was way out. So yeah. Ogdenville, <laughs> maybe not. People still pray for Ogdenville. Uh. Um, so anyway, but no, do you see what I'm saying? Whenever you, because yeah. it is the backdrop of Space Mountain is yeah, the contemporary. Sure. That's where Disney are experts. That's where they're fantastic. Is it's all about eye line and what you see. Yeah. And the fact that when I walk into Tomorrowland, the fact that I see the contemporary behind me and I don't see the Polynesian is a massive uh, uh, accomplishment in storytelling. Yes, 100%. I mean, the layout of those resorts around that area. And to Mike's point earlier about how when you arrive on that bus and you see like the, you, you see the castle where they've groomed out those trees, there's this break in the trees and you see the castle and then you go underneath the... Um, underneath that the water waterway. bridge yeah. yeah and then the the enormity of the contemporary appears on your right and then right in front of you in your head you think you're about to be able to see the castle and if you look really hard you can see the top of it but that's not what grabs your eye it's that space mountain in proximity to the contemporary that sets that whole scene and makes you go <gasps> it's amazing um, so I want to get into, look, we've all ridden Space Mountain. Um, I want to get into the importance it plays in the Magic Kingdom. And do you think it is a, uh, attraction that will never be touched? We've kind of talked about this in the past with attractions. Are they ones that will last forever through refurbs, remodels, all that? Look, I mean, a lot of people thought Splash Mountain would be one, but it's being, it's being, uh, redone. So I'm going to come to you first, Mike. What importance does the Space Mountain play, and will it be here 50, 60, 70 years from now? Well, anytime you talk one of the mountains in the parks, the mountains are obviously iconic. You know, we didn't think we would see a retheming of Splash, like you said, but, you know, we are. Um, I, 
I think it's going to stay the way it is. I think that even with space travel, you know, with, with different times, you know, now we have, you know, multi-billionaires going into space and, you know, space travel uh, has evolved a little bit the last couple of years. I think it still stands a time in Tomorrowland. And I think Space Mountain is perfectly themed there. Now, that's as of this very moment. What's going to happen when it sits in the shadow of Tron? You know, when Tron is completely completed and it kind of changed the landscape of Tomorrowland, will that affect it at all? Or will that concrete staying there perfectly the way it is because it's been that way for so long and it's kind of stood the test of time? I don't know. I, I think Tron will certainly play a major part in that because it's going to be its sister to it right next door to it. And we'll see how that plays out once that's all finished, done, and how that appears in that eyeline landscape that you were just talking about. No, but I think, I think that, point. yeah, but I, but I think that certainly it's going to be iconic the way it's, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, it's those iconic ones, Splash, Pirates, Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, you, you can't touch those. You know, you could always retheme Stitch, obviously, we, we've seen it go from, you know, from Alien Encounter to Stitch, you can retheme a couple of other rides there, but I think that's one of those rides that should remain the way it is, and it's a true park legend. Even though it wasn't there for opening day, it should have been, but it's, it's, it's an iconic, uh, an all-star of the park. Let me ask Dave a um, serious question. So whenever we look at the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney's idea of the Magic Kingdom, you know, Walt always believed in weenies, and Space Mountain was definitely the weenie of Tomorrowland. But now that we have uh, Tron coming in, could Tron be the new weenie, or does Space Mountain continue to be the weenie of Tomorrowland? You really need to stop saying weenie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, well, I 100% agree with what Mike just said. I think Mike hit that answer out of the park. And um, I don't think the iconic visualization of Space Mountain is going to change with the addition of Tron. I think they've, in true Disney Imagineering style that they do, they've taken that into account. Like, I think the two are going to become are going to complement each other and uh they they may together become the the new outline and the new visual draw card uh of of tomorrowland but what is it i'm sorry i didn't understand what that was sorry a visual draw card yeah you, you don't is, worry you'll, i'll explain it to you i'm sorry, i think the disney term is weenie as a vip tour guy you should know that i can honestly say i have never said that word on a tour once really that's a walt disney term Okay, cool. I'd love a record. I'd love a recording of him saying that term. Please. I have books here that say it. I've got. Oh, them. good, yeah. excellent. Yeah, weenie. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think the two of them combined uh, have a, a lot of potential to become that uh, that new icon of that land and the the, the way they complement each other because so, you're going to drive up that same way you're going to see the contemporary and you and we've already started to see it that you can see both of those attractions from right there uh and how they make you want to visit that particular land and draw you in can we um, get shirts made that just says dave loves disney weenies yes sure go right ahead <laughs> No, wait. Somebody's got a cricket. Stop it. Um, Katie does. I can make these shirts right away. No, We're good. Got it too. All right. Lovely. Um, guys, I challenged you guys a little bit. You know, we talked about the importance of Space Mountain. If you were going to overhaul it or if you were an Imagineer for a day and you could do anything you wanted with it, 
um, what would you do? Because look, I mean, there's a lot of great opportunities to bring the future to Space Mountain. My one concern with Tomorrowland is, is it tomorrow enough? And I've always said, look, just a little bit of lighting would change Tomorrowland to more futuristic right away. But if you were the overall um, uh, overtaker and 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 they were taking care of of the refurb of this attraction, Mike, what would you do to it? So I thought about this, and obviously my obvious answer that you would think from me would be something Star Wars related. But I didn't want to over. I didn't want to bring Star Wars so much into Disney Disney World like it is over in Hollywood Studios. Let it have its place there. I'm going to use one of the other attractions that's over in Tomorrowland, and I'm going to use that particular movie, and I'm going to retheme it for Space Mountain. And one of my favorite movies we've all had them as parents um, that your kid watches on constant repeat. We've all had them. Uh, Sammy's favorite movie that she would watch. End to end, start to finish, a hundred times a day, and I know it line by line, and that's Monsters Incorporated. And one of my favorite scenes in Monsters Incorporated was when Randall was chasing Mike mm-hmm. and Sully and Boo, and they were on those uh, doors, and they were going on those little tracks, and they were going through in those dark areas, and they were going from door to door. The doors would open, they'd be in one land, they'd then be on that little track, and they were kind of chasing each other on that. So I think if you had a dark ride with that type of coaster, you could probably pull off. If you had to retheme it, kind of going with that and maybe some screens to show you when they pop those doors and open the different lands i would think you could possibly retheme it into a monsters incorporated type ride with that whole dark element and hanging on by the doors whether the track be above you or below you but i think that would play well possibly in that area because you already have monsters incorporated over there at the left floor so i was kind of going that route with that we've got to take mike to dca oh he's gonna love it <clears throat> Yep. They have this ride at DCA. Oh, do they? Yeah. Well, I had no idea. Well, they have oh, a... Oh, it's amazing. It's, they, it's, not, it's not a roller coaster. But they have a chasing through the doors and, um, okay. element to it and things oh, like that. Oh, you're going to so, love it. Yeah. You're going to love it. You, you, like, you actually go through and all the doors are above you and going all that and you see Boo like chasing and all that kind of stuff. I what can't ride is, What ride is that similar to? Like, if you had to compare it to a ride that's there now, is it similar to like the Ratatouille ride? No, it's, it's more similar to like a like a much much better Winnie the Pooh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, like a, sure. Okay. But it's like it's not as Disneyland's dark rides are better. Ooh. Yeah, all Don't right. you agree? Yeah, probably. Mr. Toads? I mean, Monsters what, Inc. Who doesn't love a good dark ride where the main character commits Grand Theft Auto and winds up going to hell? I mean, what's not to love? Yeah. I mean, I play Grand Theft Auto religiously, <laughs> so I love it. Um, um, yeah. me. No, no, Mike. I think I think you'll really enjoy DCA and the. the I had no idea that was there. Rings. Yeah. Well, once everything's back to normal, that'll be our next DDP trip. So we'll be out there. <sighs> we would have been uh, there Dave, by now. You ride it all the time. You all are right. on Space Mountain constantly. Not only if that, you could change it. What would you do? Not only that, I've also ridden a lot of the variations over time. Um, me too. Yeah, I, me too. I mentioned uh, what we call Deep Space Mountain during uh, yes. Christmas uh, and Halloween parties uh, where they would turn off every single light. Every, Terrifying. It's intimidating. It, there's a yeah. lot. Like uh, One of the other ones that I really enjoyed was during Christmas of 2019. They did um, loud electronic style Christmas carols. Um, and 
and a whole bunch of additional lights in there, green and red really? lights. Uh, that oh, got- I remember this. Yeah. I did this. Yeah, no, I did and that. They only did it for about a month or so uh, while yeah. uh, while Christmas was happening. But it was the whole and like so yeah, like those uh, those electronic versions of Carol of the Bells and things like that, and just these lights shooting through the space and all of this. It was really cool and really like just something different. Um, if I was going to retheme this and i mean when we talk about retheming we automatically jump to some of the ip you've got hyperspace mountain uh the star wars version that happens out in california uh at various times um and you've got things like uh our i mean jingle cruise doesn't really do a it isn't necessarily a uh, an IP per se, but um, uh, Haunted Mansion in California does the Jack Skellington overlay. Um, if I wanted to do an overlay on something of this, uh, particularly with a musical element, I'd actually take what I consider to be one of the most underrated animated Disney movies, and I would do a Meet the Robinsons overlay. Uh, oh. Yes. Step into my one world. One of the greatest, most underrated Disney uh, movies ever. You you said you were talking about the, the iconic futuristic element of it. And I'm and in my head, I can hear future has arrived today. And like, mm-hmm. and then all of the girls are going to get some Jonas brothers in their life. So who doesn't need that? Um, and exactly. I know I do. And, um, yeah, I would do a floating into the futuristic city of um, of Meet the Robinsons. I love it. I absolutely love that. Uh, for me, look, it would be really simple, and it's a great opportunity to bring someone else in Florida in on your project. And that is, I would bring NASA in and yes. bring in the uh, the, the Space Kennedy Space Coast. Center. Yeah, and I would literally bring in astronauts to do like meet and greets and photos at the end of the ride, and then to overlay some stuff within the attraction to what they're bringing up next. So you might see a um, a, a view of their next launch going off through the the thing, and but then not only do that, but then at the end explain the launch and why they should come to the space coast. And why you should visit. They don't even need NASA on board. Take the privatized SpaceX. Go and SpaceX. Go Elon Musk and, and bring them on. That's what I'm saying. But 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 you have a lot of other great things in Florida besides Disney that you could say, like, listen, hey, great reason to come to Florida. Go there for a week and then come to Disney – or go there for a day and then come to Disney for a week. And let's work together and let's do almost like a joint booking to where, hey, with your Disney vacation, it's going to include a trip to NASA to learn about space from these Ooh, from these people. Wait, I have to learn on my vacation? Yeah, that's I'd not, love to learn. No. Yeah, that's not I on love the, it. No. So <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I'm a huge space nerd. I am right now reading a book about black holes and uh, and Mike and I had that had that talk today. And I'm also watching a documentary on black holes and I, I read everything space. Everything's my So huh. um but for me you're that's to, that's huge you're look. Going to space camp? I would love to go to space camp. Although I might fit still, oh. I'm a little bit. But here's the thing: I'm I'm a little um, like no, no, scared no, 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 of small no, no. spaces. Let, let, let's let's hold the phone right here. We're talking about a guy in Epcot who will not go on mission space. That's what I'm saying. I don't yes. like that. No, no, no. I don't like small spaces. So once they get to where 
the books I read, a lot of them, they they walk around their spacecraft. You want to go you know on the I mean? uh, you want to go on the Axiom from Wally and just be able to yes, float through. perfect. Yeah, I want to be able to hover around, almost like a cruise ship. Yeah, cool. All right, we'll get back to you. Okay, that's All what right. I want to do. So I just need to live another three hundred years. I need to yes. figure that out. Good. Eat right and uh, and and drink light, so I'll be good. Um, all right, guys, I've had a blast. Anything y'all want to add to the Space Mountain talk? Because look, for me, it's one of those things where uh, it really is a iconic, most important attractions for Disney fans. But also, it is that thing that Disney for the last fifty years has put on commercials, has put on billboards, has iconic. put on flyers. Iconic. It is the thing that they put their name on, and that is Splash Mountain. You don't see uh, or Space Mountain. You don't see Splash Mountain getting that. You don't see Big Thunder getting that. You see Space Mountain on those on those commercials. So it really is important that this plays a role in the Disney parks. And I can't believe it's taken us almost five years to get to it, but uh, I'm happy we have now. Dave, uh, closing words on Space Mountain. So I, before we wrap up, I wanted to. Uh mentioned that there's this there's this fun conversation that pops up every so often on the Disney Dads podcast Facebook group. And if you're not a member, what are you doing? Go and join it. Um, and there, it's a fun conversation that pops up occasionally where somebody asks the question, like, have you ever been evac'd off this ride or off this ride? Or have you ever seen the back of this? And uh, if you do get the... Uh, opportunity to be evacuated off a ride they usually come to you and ask you to put your phone away so we don't have too many uh photos of these locations um however uh every so often you'll get the chance to be cruising through space mountain and you will um (laughs) and you will have a down or stoppage of the people mover, which curves through the same building. Uh, and there'll be some lights on and have either of the two of you ever experienced, uh, this situation. I have partially. Okay. Um, I've had partial lights on, not, not, yes. not full lights on. Okay. Mike. I've been stuck on the people mover when there was an issue with the lights on in space mountain. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. That means, yeah, both rides went down. That's an interesting one. Um, so it, it, it is one of those fun experiences. And if you ever like get the chance, just take a moment to try and absorb it and try not to blink because it, it's over in like 90 seconds. But, um, but with that in mind, I also wanted to say that being a cast member, occasionally they will organize special events and special um, opportunities. And I have had the opportunity to ride Space Mountain with every single light in the building turned on and able to see everything, like intentionally so, not as an accident or not as, oh, this ride is breaking down, as a who wants to ride it with the lights on? And everything turned on, um, and it's it's one of those moments where you go, "This is really weird." Like it's creepy. It's, it's creepy. It, it's weird. It's creepy. Like, and you get a mo- you get that feeling that sometimes when you ride Space Mountain of how close am I? And you're not actually close enough to touch anything. You're not close enough to like. As I said, even fully extended, there's only a couple of points where maybe the tips of my fingers can touch something. So you're not going to um, 
you're not going to like end up getting hurt or anything, but just fascinating to see how it all winds and connects through um, within one building. It's incredible. I, I, I still turn into a turtle every time I ride it. My head ducks <laughs> into my shoulders because I think at any point I'm going to lose my head. Um, it's the only attraction at Disney I don't go hands up on because I know for a fact that being as tall as I am and as big as I am, that yes, there's no way that you're so my huge. elbows would ever make it. Um, so yeah, for me, I, look, it, Katie still thinks it's terrifying. Mike, you think this is the roughest ride at Disney, I'd say, right? I have a love-hate relationship with this ride. I love it because it's an iconic ride, and I feel like I have to do it because, hey, listen, you're in Magic Kingdom. And I absolutely hate doing it because I'm I'm jarred to death. And a lot of times when I do ride this ride, you'll be able to see by the ride photos how much I hate it because, you know, I just don't have that look of happiness on my face as I'm going through it. But if you have some of those amazing ride photos from Space Mountain, I suggest putting them on our Facebook page. And it brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. That might be one of your best ever. That might be one of your best ever. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. It's time for us to get our picks of the week. Dave, what's your pick of the week? All right. So there's a lot of picks happening on our Disney Dad's Facebook page right now. There's a lot of people here. Uh, in Walt Disney World, there's lots of people sharing their new uh, dates or how many, and their day countdowns. Um, we're recording on, what, the 25th? Oh, yeah, it's the 25th. We mentioned this date last week. It's Australia Day, guys. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Happy Australia Day. Yeah. Thanks. Mike, congratulations. You're the best yes, Australian on this show. Best I knew Australian. that already. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you found out about that last week, Dave. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. Um, and so three hours ago, while we were uh, just before we started recording, um, uh, Kieran Gibbons uh, posted a picture of him and his little one, uh, his daughter, Outside It's a Small World in Disneyland Paris, he said, it's my favorite picture in the world, and it is her hugging his head. Uh, and I just love it. It's such an adorable photo. I saw it. I loved it. Um, it's it's beautiful, and it's just one of those moments uh, as a dad, as a parent, as a Disney dad, you go, oh, that is money right there. That is that That's moment. The moment. That's, That's the moment. That's and he says it's his favorite picture. Like, that's the moment. That, oh, that's why we best. pay the money, man. That's it's it. It's the best. All right, Justin, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with my good buddy James Ostrom because I am so excited for not only him and his family, but I'm more excited for his daughter. He said, um, it's been an exciting kind or of sad weekend for me. My baby girl started her love for Disney when she was four years old. 17 years later, she's a proud member of the Disney cast as a part of the college program. Uh, so proud of her, and I'm going to miss her deeply. Say hello if you see her in Epcot. One, she's in very good hands, uh, James, because the DDP family is always down there. And trust me, she's going to get annoyed of people coming in and being like, can I take a selfie so I can post online that I saw you and say hi? Um, she's yeah, well, absolutely welcome to this world, hi. Sarah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. <laughs> um, so I'm very, very excited. Congratulations. Welcome to the Disney family. So excited for you. And thank you for all the memories you're going to create for families around the world. We appreciate you. Um, to that we love, point, we love our cast members. A, a great post. Um, 
it's one of the beautiful things about the DDP. Um, James actually reached out to me probably 12 months ago, and maybe not quite. I think it was just after I'd gone back uh, and rejoined the company and, uh, and said, hey, Sarah wants to ask some questions. And to her credit, Sarah reached out and said, I want to know about this. I want, like, how does this work? Um, and decided, yeah, it's something she wants to do. So really excited to have uh, her joining the Disney family um, and such such an awesome moment for him as a as a dad as well. Very cool, Mike. What about you, Bud? My pick of the week is to go to Ben Keller and Faith Elizabeth Keller, who are down in the parks right now, and they've been giving us some day trip recaps, and they have some amazing pictures. And one of my favorite ones is their pictures from Hollywood Studios, because you know how much I love Star Wars, and the picture with you and your daughter in front of the Millennium Falcon is an absolute amazing picture. You know how much I love Star Wars. It's a great picture. You guys are having an absolute blast, and enjoy your trip. That is fantastic. Amazing pictures this week. There were so many good ones. Uh, guys, like, if you haven't done uh, so, Jenna, like... Really quickly, Jenna Ramey yeah. uh, and Brinley's oh my gosh, adventure. Yes. Like, I Brindley. didn't want to pick it because I, I I posted one with her. I felt like I got to be part of, like... I was well, like, Brinley's so great. She was... She had such an amazing time. And, like, just things like that that are happening right now, it's a really fun time to be part of our community. Happy birthday, happy, happy birthday, Brinley. And we've got, I've got a lot of clients heading down, uh, a lot of people in our, our patron group heading down. And look, if you've not done so so far, go over and join our patron group. You can click that link below for as little as $2 a month. Or if you'd like to pay yearly, save a little bit off top, get 15% off. You can get access to that private Facebook group. And then there are certain tiers from there you can move up, and you can even get up to where you have the show dropped early. You also have the uh, the video aspect of the show, which is always fantastic. So uh, really, really exciting there. Our Disney has Pat podcast Facebook group is there, like Dave said. There's so much fun stuff. Guys, what a great episode. So much fun to talk Space Mountain. But we've gone a little long. And you guys always wonder, what does Justin have in store for our patron side of the show? And so I have something special for you. Oh, God. That I will reveal on the other side. So, guys, give me closing words. Dave. Um, it was so much fun to see that you, again, um, a couple of weeks in a row. Look at me getting my life on track and being able to participate properly. Um, and uh, wonderful, as always. And a great topic. Great. A, a, an, an important element of a Disney theme park and, uh, and an important element in so many of our lives uh, and the way it has progressed uh, with Disney. So um, a great fun topic. Thanks so much. Yeah, definitely. Mike? Uh, I, you know, listen, I enjoyed seeing you guys tonight. Space Mountain is one of my family favorites when it comes to Disney. My kids love it. I enjoy doing it with them as much as I don't enjoy the ride. Uh, I'm going to do my best to make it on next week's show. Uh, like I said, I'm homeless now and I'm in transition. So if I'm living under a bridge and I don't have internet signal next week, then I won't be able to put, you know, join you guys. But hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be in my new house with the internet running and I'll be able to join you guys, but we'll see. But if you don't see me next week, I will miss you guys, but I will do my best absolutely to try and be on. So we will see and uh, I had a great night talking about Space Mountain with you guys. I am looking forward to the Patreon side tonight. 
Disney Dads Podcast family. Thank you guys so much. Have an amazing week. Disney Dads patrons, stick around. You are up next. As great Joe Quattrochi says, he will be back next week. A little under the weather this week, but he misses you guys. Wanted me to tell you that he loves you and can't wait to talk to you real soon. Everyone else, have an amazing, amazing week. Spread some Disney cheer. Make someone laugh. Smile yourself. And as always, we will see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. Cheers. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the world uh, that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.